My name is Kyle Willis, and this is Marketing from the Roosevelt Room. Welcome back to a new episode of Marketing from the Roosevelt Room. Really excited to start a new series with you guys. Uh, for those who are joining us uh, here in the beginning, you, you may have heard that Roosevelt Room is the name of the lounge I record most, I record most of our podcasts from. As you saw, Teddy smoking that cigar. I'm a big fan of cigars and really uh, built some great relationships in the cigar industry. Excited to start a new series today really to serve the cigar industry from the retailer perspective and have a guest with us today who uh, is one of the first faces I got to know and got to see when I entered uh, the cigar world that, I'll, that we'll talk about today. Danny Vasquez is the national sales manager for Roma Craft Tobacco and has been a, a face, a voice I've loved learning from over the last four years that I've been in the cigar world, uh, and he's had quite a journey that I'm excited to jump into today. So Danny, it's a real privilege having you here, to, here with us. Oh man, I appreciate it. And uh, you know, it's cool that it's this kind of culminating uh, over knowing each other for years to kind of meet up like this and, and help, you, uh, help you get some content me to spread some word uh, about where I'm at now. And it's cool. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, you know, like I like I was saying, in a little bit, you know, I got into cigars. To give kind of a quick story. It was I think it was back in 2015. I was running a contest for my marketing agency, No to the Quo, and I'd always been a cigar collector, but I really knew nothing more than like the cigar international samplers that put out there. I knew nothing about it. <laughs> I uh, put together a humidor and a set of cigars and I was trying to build an email list and thought, oh, hey, I'll get some, uh, get some or exposure if I go join, jump in these Facebook groups and let people know about my contest. And somehow that's how I got into Cigar Cartel. For those who don't know, it's the largest group on Facebook. I think over 30,000 members are in it. And that's where I first saw you. You're doing uh, <laughs> one of those daily videos at the time, but you're doing a lot of videos talking about different cigars you're smoking and yeah. help, help me understand a lot more of, first off, Kyle, you're smoking a lot of basic stuff. There's a lot of <laughs> great stuff more out there to learn from. Uh, and yeah. then, and then kind of just build a uh, uh, camaraderie and friendship that I didn't have before in the cigar world because I was mainly smoking by myself and my local buddies. So first off, Danny, thanks for helping educate me and <laughs> what this whole cigar world is all about. Yeah, no, I was, I was definitely around for that kind of uh, social media boom with cigars. I was probably in Cigar Cartel when it was, you know, sub three, four thousand members or something like wow. that, right? So there was a lot of uh, a lot of education, and and the guys that were doing it right, as far as manufacturers go, kind of took advantage of just, hey, man, I, I can be in front of three thousand at the time, three five thousand people all at once, and just and you know, with some guys it it hurt them, but for most people it really helped kind of show them as just normal regular guys that just had a passion for something and take it this, you know, take it further than, you know, most. And just like that real interaction is, is, um, yeah. which I, I benefited a lot from that, you know, just as much as, as anyone else from things I may have to say or cigars that I was selling or, you know, uh, raffles and stuff that I was doing. Right. So for sure. I mean, it, it's, it's great now since then. Yeah. 30,000 now 
the amount of Facebook groups that have kind of branched off from there is, yeah. is uh, pretty ridiculous. I mean, I'm in, I'm in more groups than I know, you know what to do with. <laughs> so, but no, for sure, man. Uh, you know, I, I'm a, I say it all the time, C2 for life. Um, you know, just because I feel like, you know, my social media presence with cigars, it's kind of, that was 100% the genesis of it. It was, and learning, right. Learning how, how to just be a normal cigar dude and yeah. just think that your, your shit doesn't stink. And, and <laughs> Hey, look, I'm smoking this like, cool dude. Like, you know, whatever. Right. So I love to, you know, learn a little, I always love starting with that. that you talked about Genesis, talk, uh, starting with that story. What kind of, where you sure. kind of uh, remember like what, what that start was of cigars for you, what brought that interest to you. And we'll talk about where you are today and what you're working on now. But what was the beginning for you of the cigar interest, cigar passion? Yeah. I mean, it was just really the camaraderie of going to a lounge and, you know, being in front of all these guys. And a lot of people have this same kind of, you know, origin story. But for me, it was just me and a buddy where we were in the lounge for way too long that day, you know, start looking around and you're like, Hey, I, you know, we could do this, man. We could do this way yeah. better than these guys. Cause where their inventory was great, the human, you know, the, the, the that personal, um, that touch or that customer service was just very, very old school, which has changed dramatically over the last four or five years when you go to an, into a shop, right? Uh, I get I get hit up all the time for advice on opening a cigar lounge or you know what would I do, and for me I would rather take someone, a lot like myself, is just with the personality and people skills and teach them cigars. Yeah. They can get they can get some cigar nerd that has no idea how to interact with people. Right? Yeah. And uh, that change over the last few years has, has skyrocketed to where, I mean, there's there's guys that work at cigar shops that have their own following. Yeah. on social media because of the way they are with their customers and things kind of blow up that way. Right. So I, I saw that I've always been very customer service driven, even in the IT uh, industry. I, I was very, very successful in the IT world because of my personality and, and being able to communicate very, very technical things to people that are not very technical. And uh, I was like, just looking around like, man, we, you know, we could easily, we could do this. Now that was very ignorant of, of me at the time. He's like, <laughs> I didn't realize the amount of capital, right? And, sure. and and where we lived, which was in the state of Maryland, the market was very saturated and, and it, it's probably doubled since I've been there. Um, but the amount of really good shops are not that many in the state of Maryland as far as like the level. So there's there's a, a, a store called Davidus, right? And right now there are 12 stores spread out through the state of Maryland. Wow. Now, and Maryland Maryland's a very small state uh, compared to like, well, Texas, like I'm in now. But it's very spread out and, and you can, um, you know, it can take you six, seven hours to get from one side to like ocean city. Right. I mean, it could take, it, it could take forever. So, you know, that said, start looking around and like, well, well, we're too close here. We're too close there. Well, you know, Hey, we're far out here, but one, that's really far from our house. And two, there's not a lot of people that live around there. So how successful can we be? You know, so we really put the thought into it and by the, somewhere in the middle, I kind of got the spark of, man, I'd really like to have my own cigar, right? Um, like, I, I'm, I'm really digging, you know, the marketing, the packaging, the different types of cigars, you know, what would I do? What, you know, a lot of people would start asking me, well, you know, what do you like? What would you love to see? And this and that. For the most part, in the beginning, I didn't really have an answer. Like, man, I, you know, I don't know. I, I, I don't need something to kick my butt. And, you know, but I do want to taste, you know, a lot. So I, anyway, that, that kind of started this, okay, well, what does it take to get your own cigar? Yeah. Um, so my buddy and I, we, we get together and, 
and say, well, okay, let's figure this out. So we start talking to different reps um, that kind of point us in, in different directions of factories and this and that. And uh, that really got me inspired and in like, okay, this, this is really what I'm going to do. I want to, I want to have this and create something. That said, again, kind of ignorant, I, I didn't realize, as, as most people that kind of just frequent cigar shops, that I didn't realize the amount of work and that it takes into just making one cigar, right? Yeah, sure. So it, it took me two years from when I said, hey, we're going to have our own cigar, to, hey, I have my own cigar. Wow. And, and the reason for that is because I really wanted to do it the right way. With a, a little bit of money compared to opening a shop, I could have had my own cigar the next day. I could have bands a, uh, a week later. I could have boxes a week after that, and I could have easily been selling some cigar that was pulled off a shelf from some factory somewhere. Sure. And to be completely honest, at the beginning, I was like, wow, this is, we could do this. And then I was like, you know what, man? If somebody brought that to me, I wouldn't smoke it. Hmm. So that's where the, okay, let's, let's get the grind going, right? Um, so I started calling uh, factories and <laughs> very funny stories about me cold calling and uh, calling Davidoff and that I knew had capacity at the Camacho, Camacho factory in Honduras. And, and then I ended up calling La Aurora down in, in the Dominican Republic and cold calling there. And that's really yeah. how I met Manuel Anoa. And he took me under his wing and I'm, I've never, I've never said, Hey, the voyage, which was the name of the cigar was 100% me. It was 98% Manuel Anoa and 2% me saying, <laughs> Yeah, that that's really what I like, and you know, and and at the time, there weren't a ton of Corojo cigars. Okay. I mean, there there were, but you know, not like Broadleaf is today, or you know, Habano or whatever. And it's funny, I actually wanted to do Habano, and he fairly quickly took me away from that. So, what, which was, but it was great. So, that was kind of the the the, the start there of of me. What's funny, how you and I met through Cigar Cartel was to have to be able to have these conversations with importers and cigar factories and stuff like that. At the time, it may have changed now. They're like, well, you do have your permits, right? Like, you do have your tobacco permit? Like, yeah, absolutely. You know, whatever. <laughs> it was 40 bucks or something, right? So in this two-year process that I'm dealing, I figured out that I could buy cigars wholesale hmm. from different wholesale companies. So that's where, you know, I start kind of selling these cigars on social media and and it really, really wasn't about the money. It was more about that interaction and getting people to know my name. And I mean, the, the money was cool, but I wasn't making killings. I mean, if, if you look back, I was probably making 30 bucks extra, you know, here and there um, and doing a lot of raffle or auctions and stuff so that people could just take advantage of this stuff. And then I always put extra cigars in there whenever somebody wanted something. Yeah. And that was really, really, really about showing that I was part of this cigar community and that I was a legit normal dude and I just I just really love the part of it and on top of it I never really knew if the cigar was ever going to come out and you know again a two-year process is a very long time to to have definitive answers on like yeah this is definitely how it's going to go um, I just kind of start kept making slow steps towards all that now that said my cigar is now ready packaging is getting ready uh, bands are have been created and, and made and factories cranking these things out and almost the perfect storm of that is when the FDA uh, regulations came out of that the August 8th 2016 deadline yeah. that no new cigars were going to be coming out there was an organization that I helped launch called uh, Save the Leaf which at the time was very well I mean I mean it was very guerrilla 
marketing. It was very um, small guys in the industry and myself, Ryan Gallimore, and a great bunch of guys that we had as volunteers really worked as best as we could to do a protest on the Capitol building that day, August 8, 2016. That said, it put me, I was doing interviews for this, right? So Cigar Dojo, which is a great community, Salt and the Smoke that I kind of now help host. So, uh, the people that Cigar Coop was with before, Gary Layton show out of Atlanta. I mean, I was doing uh, Cigar Federation. I was doing all these shows. Yeah. And um, for the most of it, a lot of people were like, well, who the hell is this guy? Right? Like, like never heard of him. Um, and the, I guess kind of the feedback I got back was, uh, well, hey, he's, he's well-spoken, funny, and, uh, and whatever. So that got my face out there. And then when it kind of flipped to, hey, I'm about to launch my own cigar, because the, the question was like, why are you so passionate about this? Sure. It was like, well, you know, I, I have a cigar brand coming out. And they're yes, like, holy shit. Well, right. Well, so then the next thing was, like, well, tell me about that. Right. So fast forward, um, you know, I was able to do IPCPR and just uh, my launch, launch party. And with the support of the guys in the Cigar Cartel, I mean, it was just absolutely ridiculous. I mean, it, I couldn't, it couldn't have gone any better. And, um, so fast forward a little bit, I started getting into some of Romacraft's key accounts, right? Famous Smoke Shop, B&B, Tobacology, Caribbean down in Miami, Underground here in Dallas. And um, little did I know, Skip, Martin of Romacraft, watches everything uh, cigar related. Every podcast, every show, every magazine, any article, he's just, he's a sponge for this stuff. So I... I inadvertently just keep kind of popping up on his social media radar. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we become friends on social media. We have daughters that are pretty, fairly close in the age and his, uh, is what I call baby mama and my wife are, are, cl are close in age and they get along. So we were, we actually kind of really became friends through social media. So that's a little forward of where we were. So if you have any questions, but I don't know that that's just kind of how I ended up where I am now. Yeah, and I love that because I think what you're saying there is that it was a the relationships and and you being able to take that initiative on your own to to build a platform. You weren't out there trying to hawk a service, hawk a good, uh, just say hey, buy my wares. Uh, like I see so many retailers out there just jumping in those Facebook groups, you know, come come to my website and buy my stuff. Hey, we're exactly. running, running an event you should attend. It's like, who are you? What are you all mm -hmm. about? And not only did you build a relationship first in all the time you spent in those Facebook groups, but then you really served the industry and what you're doing was save the leaf. And when the time came that you were moving on from Baracoa, which I have like six voyages left and they're like my unicorns. I appreciate it <laughs> pull out, pull out on those rare occasions, but you know, uh, in that, you know, it was, it was that relationship that you'd already built that led to now taking on the national key accounts role with Romacraft. Am I missing right. anything? No, I mean, that's, I say, I say this all the time. I'm not a really good sales guy. Right? Yeah. Like, I, I'm a better Hey buddy, what's up? How you, you know, how you doing? Build relationship friend kind of guy. Right. Yeah. And then at the end of it, like, Oh yeah. Um, you need, you need some cigars or, you know, how's your inventory looking? And with Romacraft, it's kind of a unique situation where that's really what we need because we sell all our cigars anyway. Right. So we, we make a million cigars for Romacraft a year. Wow. Uh, and we, we sell about 1.1 million a year. So the cigars are going to sell now 
at you as a retailer, are you going to be one of those ones that have it or not? Yeah. I mean, that, that's what it is. And those are the conversations that I have, especially at the show. It's like, Hey man, I'm not going to, I am not a pressure you kind of guy, right? Like, well, I could never work at a Kia dealership or a Hyundai dealership because I, <laughs> I, I don't necessarily believe in the product. Right. But you know, the idea is, Hey, you know, your guys buy this stuff. Yeah. This is my inventory situation. This is what you sell really well in. You should go a little deeper. I believe, you know, so in the relationships that I've been able to build with my accounts, I really don't even know the number of accounts that I can just go ahead and put orders in for them. And they will say, Hey, I saw you put this in. Is this stuff I need? Yeah. Okay, cool. Thanks, man. And no question. And it's, and it's because, well, one, I, it's very important that you never abuse that power, Yeah. but it's also, they know I'm just trying to take care of them because I know they have a business to run. I know I'm not the only cigar in their humidor. I'm not the only rep that comes knocking or calling. So there's like, you know, and, and worst case, like, Hey man, I actually have a bunch of those. Okay, cool, man. I'll take it off. No problem. Man. Thanks. You know, not, there's no arm twisting here and, yes. and it just, it works really, really well for me for my personality and my type of uh, selling, you know, strategy, I guess. Right. Absolutely. It's kind of like, you know, marketing one-on-one, the whole push versus pull style of sure. push, push marketing is those bag of chips at the front, uh, keys, you know, uh, front of the aisle where it's like, Hey, you got to buy, buy those and Super Bowl Sunday, they're right in front where it's the jug of milk in the back that everyone needs to milk. And all right, that's why we're making you walk to the far back door to get it. And you guys have created a brand that is the milk of the cigar industry, of the boutique cigar industry, that people are going to, hey, you know, you walk in your shop, do you carry Romacraft? Awesome, show me where Mm -hmm. it is. Now, oh, go for it. Well, no, I was just going to say, I know, you know, you're in marketing, so I'm sure you've heard of Gary Vaynerchuk, right? Yes, sir. And Gary Vaynerchuk has a book called Jab, 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 Right Hook. And I take that from the beginning of my, of my cigar thing of where if no one has ever read it, one read it or listen to it, whatever the jab, jab, jab is like what Gary kind of explains is give, give, give. Right. So it's, I'm going to give you value. I'm going to produce value for you. I'm going to do this for you. And then the right hook is the, the ask, right? So it's, it's like, Hey, Danny has produced, X amount of value for me as a rep. So when Danny comes in and says, Hey, um, you know, we have this going on. I really think you should take advantage of it. It's not even a question. Yeah. yeah. So from, from a marketing standpoint, which we don't, you know, like we don't buy advertising, we don't market that way, but as a marketing self, as your rep, that's really super important for me. Right. So even if it's like, just call conversation and see how, see how things are going. Do you need anything from me? This is, Hey, this is kind of slowing down. Hey man, let's, let's put a promotion together. I'll send you some shirts. I'll send you this. Let's get, let's get it back in the guy's hands and let's try it again. And then sure enough, that usually always works. Right. Um, and, um, like, man, you know, I appreciate you doing this for me or, or whatever. That's just kind of at the core of what I think when I, when I deal with, with a customer, you know, from, for all your marketing guys that watch the videos, uh, you know, Gary V is Gary V thinks, I, I think a lot of the way, like the way he does, well, I mean, one, he kind of sold me on it. Like, man, you're, you're totally right. But at the same time, it kind of aligned with the way I yeah. I'd always thought about things. Anyway, so. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the whole purpose of what we're doing with these podcasts is an effort to provide value to our listeners. You, you won't hear me try and sell something in this podcast. And I'm mm-hmm. a firm, firm believer in being able to build off relationship and sell through relationship rather than just trying to sell a good or service and try to tell you the 12 benefits you're going to get out of it and the 10 features right. you have to offer. That, that's right. selling a car. Uh, and I'd love to kind of dig a little deeper because I think you're giving some great insights in regards to your relationships with retailers. And you're talking about sure. those ones where you can put an order in and they, without even having to call them up, but you know, you've built that sense of trust. And I think first off, every uh, sales rep wants to build that type of relationships with their, their shops and starting off though with, from the retailer's perspective, when, when either someone who's just starting with Romacraft, just entering uh, this world of boutiques, and because you know, for those who are unaware, Romacraft is widely considered as one of the strongest small to medium premium cigar companies in the world. I mean, you said you guys are doing a million cigars and easily selling a million cigars a year. Uh, but and so in that boutique world, you're leading the charge, and those who those retailers who are saying, okay. I've been on the fence about bringing uh, Romacraft in, or I've just started, and I really want to know how to get the message out uh, of uh, to, to my customers who may be a little bit behind the times in this boutique world. Sure. What is it? Your what is your process? What are some advice you could give to those retailers who are trying to understand the best way to serve their customers, provide value before they just try to sell their customers on try something new. Yeah. So there's a lot to dissect here. And, uh, yeah. We're going to blow through. We're going to blow past your 30, 45 minute mark. But I love it. Let's so it. any store, this is going to sound real egotistical, but give me a minute. Let's be real. Any, yeah. Any store that's kind of on the fence of whether to bring Romacraft in or not, I would not try to sell on bringing it in. Right. Because what I want is a store that already a has the demand from their customers and has a fan that works it. Right. Cool. So, I have stores like new, a new, I had a, a bunch of new accounts that uh, wanted to sign up at the show. And there were some that like, oh, no, I heard your boot. I heard some things about it. It's kind of nice, you know, tell me about it. And then I had other stores that are dropping $10,000 opening orders. Yeah. So where the dollar amount doesn't matter, but it's, it's like, no, man, I'm on board. I'm convinced. I love all your cigars. I just haven't had it. The timing wasn't right, but I'm ready now. And I'm going to bring in my guys that keep asking for it. That's hundred percent what I'm looking for, right? Regular, it's a it's a minimum opening order or a ten thousand dollar order. That's what I'm looking for is the the passion because we are still boutique and there are way more people that have never heard of us than that have heard of us. So in a very large humidor, we could potentially get lost if the employee base isn't on board or educated about us and and doesn't have that ability to hand sell and say you know hey uh, the customer comes hey what's new like oh man look at this room craft. Hey, I know you smoke those all the time. Try this one with it. Or the next time you come in, hey, try this. Uh, or, hey, you get that one, but get this one too. It's, you're you're going to love it. And, you know, Roma is still at that point where in some of our shops, that is a need. And especially with new cigar shops. There are a lot of retailers that are just scanning through social media to see what's hot. Yeah. And think they're going to put it on their shelf. And it's, it's gonna, just going to blow out, right? That isn't necessarily how it works if the shop isn't introducing their store to it, right? That's kind of the on the fence thing, right? Show a store, and and I've heard this. I've I've always thought this, and and people have kind of told me that. But a store that has Romacraft and does fairly well with Romacraft doesn't necessarily make them 
the greatest store in the world, but it does legitimize them in the fact that they have an understanding of what is going on in the cigar market today. Yeah. The boutique thing is not going away. And where we, you know, we don't really like the word boutique, but it is what it is. It is, it's here to stay. And there's a lot of guys playing the game. You know, if, if Roma is part of your shop, it's telling me, hey, you're, you're socially conscious of what's going on. That's good. Regardless if Roma's killing it or not, it, it's showing, hey, you know, we're hearing a lot. We're taking care of our, our customers are asking for it. The prices are ridiculously great, right? Yeah. I mean, we only have three or four cigars that are over $10, which for a brand our size is, is typically unheard of. Oh, yeah. So, you know, that's the difference for me with a shop that I may have to talk into getting Roma versus a, a cigar a shop that already wants, you know, is, is there. And uh, again, going back to I'm not going to strong arm anybody, right? So yeah. I don't want to have to feel like, if I have to feel like I have to talk you into an opening order, that means I'm going to have to talk you into a refill order. That means I'm going to have to do bend over all kinds of backwards to get you to sell the cigars when, you know, I have a couple hundred accounts that I have to manage very, very well. Um, ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that, right? So, <laughs> I mean, now, I guess from as looking at a retailer, for me, a dollar amount does not necessarily equal a great account. Sure. So, here in Texas, there's a cigar shop called the Train Car. They are literally built in train cars. Cool. Um, and... I'm not sure where the, what their number is this year. It's probably $15,000 or something, right? But last year, we were their number two SKU in their entire store. Hmm. So they're not a big, they're not a huge, like they're never going to have, you know, 3,000 facings and, and whatever. But of what they do have, the majority of it, are, or what they do sell, the majority of it is Romacraft. That is a great account. Hmm. We don't have to call, I don't have to call them and, hey, let's take a look at your inventory and see what you need. I don't have to, you know, these guys are calling us and, and saying, hey, um, I saw this and this. Hey, this is low. Or even text message, hey, I need this, you know, ship it, whatever. That, for me, defines a great account, regardless of the dollar amount. Now, if, if that account happens to be a fifty, sixty, hundred thousand $100,000 account, well, then, hey. Sure, yeah. Amazing. But then there are some accounts that are, you know, way above that, but there's a lot of hand-holding and there's a lot of calling and there's a lot sure. of like, hey, you know, what's this and this and this is new. That for me is a good account, right? Because I have to help them manage their inventory. And then there are some, there are a bunch of accounts that we kind of have to just remind them. They, hey, we're in your humidor. And uh, like, oh yeah, man, I'm low on this and this. Like, man, I'm glad I called. And you know, you, you keep track of those guys. Like, hey man, and, and, and I love messing with them. Like, hey man, I know if I don't call you, you can call me. So, you know, how's it going? Take a look at your Roma. Like, oh man, thanks for calling here. Do, 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 in that in the order. So those are like kind of the different types of things that, you know, we deal with as a manufacturer and, you know, there with 3000 stores in the country and us being in, in what, like maybe 10% of that, right. We're in about 300 plus accounts um, and selling all of our cigars in those that that's about our max, right? Like we, yeah, if we had a thousand accounts, it'd be a lot, lot harder to, to develop relationships. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then it just becomes very transactional, right? Like, Hey, you need a cigar. Cool. I got it. Uh, thanks. Bye. And I don't want that. Uh, another thing that I kind of always bring up is like, let's say I had a $12,000 account. And the reason I say 12,000, there's 12 months a year. I would much rather have a $1,000 order a month than a $12,000 order once a year. And the reason for that is I can, I can get the feedback right away. Right. So in January, you spent a, yeah, in January, you spent a thousand dollars and you ordered this, this, and this, and that. 
in February, you go to reorder and you say, okay, hey man, I, uh, I need EC and I need some Neanderthal. Everything else is kind of okay. Okay, cool. $1,000, another $1,000 order. Do some refill completely out of Ecuador and Connecticut, let's say. And then in, in March comes, hey, hey man, I need more EC and this time I'm refilling BA and, and do you have any limited editions? Like, cool. So now I just went three months with giving you orders that included Ecuador and Connecticut. Yeah. So me, if I'm good at what I do, realize, man, this store is doing really, really good in Ecuador and Connecticut. So let me manage their inventory. Like, hey, um, you're ordering a lot of Ecuador and Connecticut. You only have three sizes. Did you know that Ecuador and Connecticut comes in five sizes? Oh, no, I didn't know. Like, cool. Why don't we try a couple of sizes? Yeah, absolutely. Hey, I got this Ecuador and Connecticut limited edition coming out. You do, you kill it. You'll do really, really well. Oh, yeah, send it, right? So those are the things that we that I would rather have, right? I would rather break up. Uh, the 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 lump sum twelve thousand dollar in January, and I don't talk to you until next January. It hurts me because I have no insight in how sales yeah. are doing, right? Even if I call you, oh, things are doing okay, you know, things are good. And I'm like, man, I know he just dropped twelve grand, so he's gonna have a lot of product for a while. And then I I call in towards the end of the year and like, hey, and like I said, we sell everything we make. You're gonna give me a call in in October and like, well, hey, man. I really don't have any of that stuff in stock, so I'm gonna have to put it on back order for you. Or six months later, like, hey man, um, uh, I saw this limited edition is coming out, right? Like, can I get on it? It's like, man, I don't know. I really haven't talked to you in six months because you, you know, you either shoot me a ghost or, like, I don't, I don't know. Do you, do you sell? Are you selling this? Because, you know, for instance, uh, Aquitaine Sabretooth, right? If I have a store that doesn't sell Aquitaine, then they probably shouldn't get a limited edition in Aquitaine, right? Yeah. So if I don't hear from you for six months, how am I supposed to know how well you're doing? Yep. And that, that it isn't necessarily me not calling, but it's you not giving me maybe information that'd be very helpful for me over the, I, you know, I'm going to call every few weeks, but if you tell me everything's good, everything's good, or no, I'm still good. I'm still good. It's, it's very, very hard for me to kind of figure out what it is. Um, that, that's gold right there. And I think, you know, I hope in every retailer listening to that, seeing the shared responsibility of it's not right. just you guys, you, know, you guys have created a great cigar. Like you said, it sells itself, but then having that retailer being able to give feedback in real time to know what's happening. And I think that's been monumental in, in the paradigm shift for me, understanding from that retailer perspective of, of how to work with a manufacturer to not only, sell more cigars but then as you said get faster access to limited editions new releases down the road events or exclusives you guys may do and i think it's that aspect of as you started our conversation building that relationship online and building that that presence online that relationship plays just as much of an importance if not greater in in the, the feedback and rapport you have with your manufacturer 100%. 100%. I mean, that's why we call them retail partners, right? We, we don't necessarily call them accounts or stores or customers because it's a, it's a partnership. I need to know, I need to know about you so I can help you know how we work. Right. And, um, and the great, the great account or the great partnerships that we have, the great stores that we're, we're in understand that. And they understand that, Hey, I need to be in line for this. It's a, there's a back order situation, but we ship everything that gets ordered. Yeah. This is whether you whether you get it now or in a couple months or in a couple shipments. But if if you're not ordering it or if you're waiting for let's say Neanderthal HN to be in stock for you to order it, there could be a good chance you don't get it, right? Because yeah. I'm gonna blow it. You know, it, we're blowing through 99% of our product, right? And what is maybe in stock is just because 
we have we have a lot of it because we have a lot of wrapper or, or of this, so we've man, we've manufactured it. But right now, I mean, after the trade show, our our warehouse is pretty empty. Right now. <laughs> I bet. I That's bet. Good. Well, tell me this real quick, Danny. So when you think about your key accounts, not just in volume of amount of cigars sold, but you, like you mentioned with train car, of being able to have room and be a, a top skew. What is it that you see some of those key accounts do so well in being able to build the following, sell their cigars, and keep that demand going? Obviously, we just talked about the importance of feedback and relationship with you. Are there other insights, other tips you have of what you've seen work really well with those uh, retail shops that you have that relationship with? Yeah, I, I mean, owning a cigar shop or managing a cigar shop is a job, right? And, and I've heard... I've had people comment, you know, I've comments like, man, I'd love to have your job and sit around and smoke cigars all day. Like, <laughs> man, like, like right, I, I, I do so much work and talk all day that just like right now, my cigar's out, right? That may, you know, if on a good day, you know, I get to do two, three cigars, right? But you have to build, you, you have to work it, right? So go into your humidor, what's low, don't wait for your rep to come in, figure out what your inventory is, you know, if that means, better money management, right? So that you have the money to order when you need, um, then, then do that. But the thought of, Hey, I'm going to open a cigar lounge and people are just going to come in and buy like crazy. And I can sit down and smoke cigars all day is, is just not, <laughs> it's not the mentality anymore. I mean, with yeah. online and social media, your, your competition is very, very steep. I mean, I, I hear it all the time where there's, there's shops and lounges that the online stuff is, is really killing them. Sure, so, sure. well, okay, what, what can you do? I mean, online for now is not going away. So you need to create a better experience in your shop so that guys don't necessarily want to buy online or need that's to buy good. online. That's good. You know, that's another thing. I'm, I'm trying to get some fire here. With <laughs> uh, it's take, take a time out so you can relight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that, that's it. You, you have to, it's just, it's, it's, it's tough, man. Yeah. Um, because if you just kind of take it as that job of, thank you, my lovely assistant. Um, uh, if you just kind of take it as like, yeah, man, I, I, I want to sit around. And then you wait for your rep to come in where although that rep may feel like, hey, when I go in there, he orders, that's cool. What if that guy was just calling you up while you were on the road? And then the next time you go in, you really only have to go in to hang out. And guess what you get to do? You get to build that relationship while you're there, right? Yep. And, and that's what I do. I have accounts that I talk to every other day, right? Because they see my kids, I see their kids, and they just have questions or jokes or whatever. And, and we, we become friends. I don't know. It just, I don't know. You can't, make, you can't sell a cigar if you don't have it, yep. right? So if, you, if you've blown through this product, reorder the product. It's selling keep your inventory up get that's the only way you make money you're a cigar lounge right create that customer experience if there's guys that are looking to open lounges i give this advice i've given this advice to a few guys over the last year that are opening cigar lounges if you have a quarter million dollars and this is my number because it's easy to break up to spend on a lounge two hundred thousand needs to be in your build out build the best lounge you can the hvac make it a great place that you want to hang out and put only $50,000 of inventory and then slowly build the inventory. And the idea there is a few things is like one, you're going to create a place where people want to come smoke, not just buy cigars. Right. So although the transactional kind of that pays the bills and, and you know, if you could be a cash and carry, but 
if you make it a, like a great spot, well, that guy's going to come. And when his buddy's in town, he's going to bring him and they're going to tell people about your like, Oh, you know, they don't have a lot of, they don't have a huge selection right now, but the place is dope. And then slowly build your humidor inventory. Yeah. One that does a few things, you know, you bring Roma craft and you bring brand X, whatever it is, you, your employees that, you know, may or may not be cigar experts get to learn Roma really deep and yeah. brand X really deep. And then you bring in one more brand. They get to learn that one slowly. And then the next one, they get to learn that one. Yeah. And all of a sudden they know the entire humidor and you put your money in the right spot and building the lounge. And that gives you all of a sudden you got this ridiculously great lounge because you are working it and you're, it's a, you know, it's a machine. It's my I like that. You know, as, as I come from that marketing world, it's like, I hear that and I, I uh, assimilate that story to you know the Google model where their mantra in the beginning was do one thing do one thing well and that's mm -hmm. why they built the their best search engine let's build the best search engine ever once we've mastered that then we'll add email and all the other different platforms they've created and they've also been great at knowing when something isn't working let's kill it hey goodbye Google Carter Mm -hmm. And I think in what you're saying there, I love, first off, as you said, you know, building that incredible experience. Why would I want to come in your shop if I can just sh right. shop online? Well, the experience is so much better than what I can do online. And, and I think that was a very simple, practical example of yeah. how, to, how to build out like that. I have a few friends building out shops right now. Everyone does. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think it's, you know, I, I'm excited to see what they create in that experience. Uh, and, you know, similar here in Seattle, Seattle's, Seattle's a tough town uh, for cigar fans. We have some really, really strict laws. Um, but the few lounges we do have, it's that aspect of, like you said, the experience. And I go, you know, I don't really care so much what's in your humidor because I can get cigars wherever I want. But when I have that experience there, then cool. Not only am I going and make the drive, but I'm going to fill up my humidor with what you have right. yours because I'm already here. And I think right. that, ex that experience is crucial. Danny, let me wrap yeah. up with a few kind of fire questions for you. Uh, just kind of uh, allow me to get to know you a little better, a little more, a little fun, kind of wrap it up. And then, sure. and, uh, and then we'll end there with any, any last comments you have for retailers uh, to kind of to, to end with. First off though, what was the first cigar you ever smoked? Oh, I don't remember it. Uh, it was, I just remember it being super dark and I remember getting super nauseous. Um, and although I was sweating and, and sick, I remember just liking the, the whole experience of, you know, cutting and lighting and hanging out. And, um, you know, I got teased a little bit for it, but you know, one, it, it happens to everybody, right? The first one I can remember smoking though was uh, it was a Rocky Patel. I think they had like this uh, what was it 1992 something that we were on a guy's vacation and, and a buddy of mine brought some cigars. So this was shit. I don't know eight years, ten years ago or something like that, yeah. um, or maybe a little more. And and uh, that time I didn't get sick, and and then it just kind of like man, I can't wait to do that again, right? And then and all of a sudden. I mean, I went from smoking every once in a while to I was at Cigar Fest, right? And yeah. I had, you know, I had a humidor, and then all of a sudden I had a thousand cigars, <laughs> as, as it as it happens with everybody, right? Um, so yeah, that that was kind of good. I had Rocky. It was a Rocky. Yeah. And favorite uh, cigar from the Roma line? Kind of picking your favorite so, child. I know. No, no, uh, no. The Intemperance Brazilian, or so the Intemperance BA Revenge. 
it's a five by 56 box press. So it's a limited edition we make, but that yeah. the, the Brazilian for me is, is my favorite blend. So the end in it is a little five by 50 perfecto. I, I really, really love it. If I'm talking core, if I can go limited, it would be um, the revenge. So a five by 56 box press. But again, you know, I, I, I kind of flow through it. Right? So I love them all. But BA, if I had it, if I was stuck on an island. Yeah, that's the one you're bringing. And if you couldn't bring Romacraft, if you're having to pick something else, what, what would be your next go-to cigar that's not, not Roma? So you probably, you should know this, the, probably the Opus X Lost City in a Rebuso. Oh, yeah. Um, or the, the Opus X 888, which is out, the, the Lancero. I probably smoked a couple boxes of those things. They're, they're ridiculous. So. The, um, the yeah. uh, 888 as it is, or the Purple Rain, Rare Black, which 88s do you go for? I wasn't a huge fan of the Purple Rain. Uh, so kind of just the the eight at eight as it is. I do have the rare black sitting on my desk, and I'm just waiting for the right time to be able to smoke it. Uh, there you go. So okay. can't wait. Yeah. Awesome. And then just last question: Is there any final advice you have for retailers who are listening, saying, "Hey, I got some really good insights today about building the relationship, creating that experience for my customers." Anything else you may end with of, of kind of final words for retailers here in us today? No, yeah, I mean, uh, I really think that's it. You know, so the the reason why you want the relationship with your rep, right, is so that you get you get those things that that maybe one offs or or you know you can get the events whenever you want. You 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 really want to be personable with your your rep, whatever the brand is, right? Now, if if your rep doesn't necessarily lend himself to uh, the type of guy that you can have a relationship with, then you know find find another rep. But your rep should be there to help you yeah. with your, your inventory, right? Don't, don't just let it become a transactional thing. He comes in, Hey, you need this and this and this. And then he's, and then he's gone. Like, and, and that kind of goes for reps too, right? Like, Hey, if there's any reps watching, don't just want, don't just be this transactional kind of rep that you just want to sell cigars and get out. Sure. Um, like sit there, ask the guy, what's, what's his kid's name. And, and a lot of, there's a lot of really good reps that do that. No, yeah. no doubt. Right? And we get reps that come in here and, and, and visit HQ all the time. And I've, I'm always taking mental notes because these guys have been doing it for a lot longer than I have. And, and it's just, you know, take that time of, of building uh, your name and your reputation in that store as a trusted guy advisor, right? Um, that's really what I do as, a, as advisor. As far as your customers go, man, that is, uh, I, I don't necessarily believe in the customer is always right sure. um, type of thing, but um, that doesn't mean the customer is always wrong either. Right. So build that relationship as a, as a retail shop, build that relationship with your customer, listen to them, get the, get their feedback, take care of them. You know, where we have a 10% map pricing agreement with our cigars, but if you got a guy that comes in there all the time, and he's spending, I don't know, $800,000 a month with, you know, with you, give that guy something free, get, like take care of the guys that love you because they're going to bring in other people. Right. And, uh, I don't know. It's, it's yeah. a business build it right and, and well uh, final question then for retailers who are listening to this saying man i need to get on the phone with danny or i, <laughs> I need i need to follow up or i missed you at the ipcpr i'm sure. you know i'm knocking down your door what's the best way for someone to follow up uh stay connected with you is it through social media uh, email sure. if people stay connected to roma yeah if you're following me on social media you can shoot me a message on there um whenever and I, you know, I'm, I'm pretty good at answering back. Uh, my email is Danny at romacrafttobacco.com. So if you have any questions about becoming a retail partner, that said, um, we aren't opening up a lot of accounts at the moment. Um, maybe if you're in a sort of a remote location where I, I don't have any stores, 
actively, then we can have the conversation. But we are super, super particular and picky with our shops. And, uh, you know, there aren't many markets where I'd be willing to open an account um, right now. Uh, so, I mean, we can have the talk. But, you know, if you're in the yeah. middle of, if you're in the middle of, uh, I don't know, Arizona or Philadelphia or Miami, you know, <laughs> as a competition. I, I don't think so right now. Yeah. You know, because uh, I would rather have one or two really good accounts than five mediocre accounts any That's day awesome. of the week. That's right, huge. So. It's a way to protect your retailers that have already made that commitment. 100%. Awesome. Danny, it's been a privilege having you with us today. Thank you for taking some extended time to be with us. I, I count that as a true honor. Oh, absolutely, man. Thanks for thinking of me. Appreciate it. Awesome. Hey, I want to thank you very much for joining us for this episode of Marketing from the Roosevelt Room. I know you have a lot of options on what podcasts you can listen to. So thank you sincerely for taking the time to join us for this one. If you have enjoyed this conversation, we'd love to keep it going in our Facebook group, Marketing from the Roosevelt Room with Kyle Willis. In that, we have live video, Q&A, and create more of a dialogue. We'd love to keep the conversation going. So please join us on Facebook. Otherwise, look forward to catching you on our next episode. Have a great day.